Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, well, what scares you, lads? Scares me. I think pretty universal, but I guess the the fear that no matter what you do, you're never going to be good enough because you're going to get someone saying that or judging you for what you're putting out there, what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve. Um, I guess it's that tall poppy syndrome. You're going to get knocked down if you try something or something. So that's probably my my biggest fear is worrying about, you know, if people are going to stop liking me or judging me for... The way I am, the way I act, and the way, what I do, I guess. I think my only fear is like, and I try to maintain and control as best I can, but the only fear I have is like looking back on a period of my life or looking back on my life as a whole when I'm older and wishing I did something that I didn't do or wishing I made a jump that I didn't do or just like, I guess, the whole holistic approach of just regret as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's thing, something yeah. that, fi- that I am fearful of because like, I would just hate to be five years down the track when I'm a bit more settled or 10 years down the track when I'm out of a, a family or 30 years down the track, 40 years down the track when I might be on my deathbed or whatever it may be, I would hate the thought of looking back and be like, fuck, I wish I did that or I wish I did this rather than like I put out a post the other day about um, success and I, d- I don't think I'll ever look back and be like, I wish I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to just, yeah, the thing I'm most scared of for sure would be not doing something and wishing I did something and looking back and like if I did that I could have done this and it could have just snowboarded into something bigger so I'm just right now trying to contain that the best as possible and just trying to do purely what my intuition is telling me to do Love that. Mm. I think how you frame it is massive and I think having all these conversations with people starting to realise how sort of everyone sort of lives their life more in their own head and I don't really want to live in a way that is preoccupied i don't know i just don't really care anymore but i think it's it's not that i don't care in the sense that i don't want to be respected it's more that i'm not living in a way where i'm trying to be liked like i still want to be respected because i'm a good person but i'm just trying to live authentically and and do what i want and it's like if people don't like that so what but however i act 
people are going to like me and dislike me either way. Like, it's just who likes you and who doesn't like you. And that's sort of irrelevant. I think there's no point chasing, you know, that perfection that we need everyone to like us because it's, it's never going to happen. And some, uh, It's weird because, like, I think I notice this all the time. People jump on and off people so quickly. Like, you see it in the world and it's like, life is change. Life is cons- constantly changing. So, one minute you're up there, one minute you're down. So, why live a life as with a metric of you know external validation when that's not even going to last so if if i've learned anything over the past nine months it's just finding something within myself that i can be proud of because yes the whole world's going to change but i can still have that consistent love for myself so that's more where i've sort of directed my energy towards i just finished dill buckley's book like i think it's only a new release but such a good well I listened to it actually I'm going to buy it and read it and go through and highlight it was so good and he spoke a lot about that like being liked versus respect and it was he said that was like such a big point in his life changed his mentality from wanting to be respected rather than trying to just be everyone's friend and he spoke of like a time when um, he spoke to one of the coaches and he was talking about like who would you go to war with sort of thing and he was talking at first he was like saying it's like good mates and all that and then um, he switched and it was like, who would you like actually want to go to war with? And he like mentioned like the leadership group and the skipper and all of these like tough guys that may not be like best mates, but they're the guys he obviously respected. And then it was like, like, what, do you reckon anyone would go to war with you? And it was like he was just like sat there and just like stunned sort of thing. And like I think it's the whole thing like what you were saying, rather than trying to fit in molds and trying to be everyone's mate and trying to like just be that good guy, whatever environment you're in. If you're trying to actually like strive to um, succeed in your own head, or I don't know, whatever it may be, improving yourself, the thing that's most important in a relationship is being respected. Because like when it comes to the point of like needing someone to stand up for you, or you're in dire straits and you need like someone to call on, the ones that like respect you are going to be the ones who just like back you up until bloody like until the world ends, sort of thing. And that's in a relationship friendship whatever it is that's like the most um meaningful meaningful connection i believe yeah respect's definitely better than being liked 100 percent. another fear like when i touched on my fear but the biggest one man do you fear time Mm. question in in the sense that like it's time scares the crap out of me in what way in the way of like am i wasting it am i utilizing it am i Like, am I making the most of it? Like, I had this thought, like, it was literally um, the other day where, like, I didn't have a lot to do and I'm like, am I wasting time? Where can I put my time and effort? Am I, you know, have I got too many things that I'm putting time into so I'm not actually utilising my time the most? Like, you know, I just get, that's like the biggest thing is, like, am I wasting my time? Am I using it productive? Is my energy in the right direction? Like. Like, you know, because we all get 24 hours of the day, right? But, like, I think that's what makes people, I guess, do what they want to do and achieve their goals, their dreams, their aspirations is structuring their time yeah. and having intent with their time rather than, like, going through the motions and, you know, oh, yeah, I work at 8 to 5 and that's my that's my job. Like, where it's, like, I'm actually intent with my time because there's that thing, like, you can work 8 hours a day or you can work 4 hours a day and actually proper investment yeah that's something that i've switched up recently as well like i used to and i remember we spoke about it on the on the first chat we had 
about like working just for the sake of and make it like sort of fall in your mind to that you're being productive when really you're just sitting there and just probably doing an hour's work in four hours. So I've had this massive switch. So I'd like a really focused on working with intent and like being sort of okay with myself if I have to, if like setting a to-do list or whatever it may be, knowing what I have to do for a set period of time, be it a day, a week, a month, whatever it is. And then if I've finished what I need to do or that I know is um, sort of my allocated task or whatever it is, allowing myself to be like, all right, you're done. Like now step away and break away. Because I feel like, especially what I do, the most creativity and the most ideas and all those things where you need your brain to flourish come in those moments where you step away from the desk. And like previously I would just spend hours on there just sitting there at my desk, like really not doing anything and just sitting there just wasting time in a sense. But like in my head I wasn't wasting time because I was like seen in from the outskirts as I was working, I was sitting at my desk, but taking that time to just like work with intent and then stepping away and like maintaining that balance of like still living a sick life is like being such an important thing for my creativity and then my um, productivity as well. Do you realise, think of it in life, sorry, in an analogy for this is like the gym, you don't grow at the gym, you grow when you rest. So the same thing happens with like our mental health. It's sort of that reset period and it's like we sort of go off in a better way. I think too, in the self-help thing, it's sort of like that, mental masturbation like fuck let's like i want to do this i want to read this i want to do that i want to do that but it's like you you're constantly getting you know smashed with this information but if you don't stop you know pause have that time to reset you're not actually gonna go off in that new positive direction yeah, if you're if you're gymming 12 hours a day seven days a week you'd be the most broken man on the world like you both your shoulders would be torn out your knees would be snapped like you would be the most physically incapable person in the whole world and i think it relates to the same thing um, with work and with, with anything, over-processing, over-stimulating your brain too much and trying to absorb all this information, trying to do all this work all the time, you're never actually going to process what you're learning and you, what you're, like, you're never going to give your brain the potential to flourish into the task that you're just sort of allocated to do. Yeah, I think it comes back to, like, it's your task, right? It's not like you can read self-help books, you can listen to podcasts, you can get ideas, like... That's all well and good because I listen to a lot of podcasts as all three of us do and we read. But I think it comes back to getting tips. Like that's their journey. That's their story. That's what that, that's what's happened to them and that's how they've got there. Like that's not the, the way to do it, right? That's just how they did it and how they got it and they're just sharing their experiences. So I think it could be like taking advice from that. Like, okay, I like that. That could work in my life. How could I put that into my life to help me grow and get better and, and utilise my time but like there's no one way to your goal and your success right so I think it's like I've had to take a break from it because I got overwhelmed I was like oh I'm not doing enough with this I'm not doing that like look at this guy he's doing this he's doing that maybe if I follow that direction but it's like I don't have the resources he has I don't have everything that he's got so my journey's not like that and we've gone through different things and different experiences so for me it's like coming back to Right, I gotta do this. This is my journey. This is my way. And you can implement little things, because if you get so caught up worrying about what all these what we call successful people are doing, and like, oh, that's the self help book that I need to do, and that's what I gotta implement to my life, and that's how I'll be successful. It's like, well, no, because your circumstances are so different. Yeah, it's 
right? So I think it's so important to just come back to all right, what's your journey, what's your goal, and then you can follow that, I guess, the process to get there. And you can have little influences on the way, right? That can help you like, you know, I'm going to still keep this in the podcast or books and, and stuff. But like, okay, so they implemented this. This is really cool. Like, um, this is their advice. Oh, I don't really agree with that or whatever. And then you can still fit their advice into your life in your way instead of just being like, okay, I have to do this because they did it like this. This is the only way to success. Yeah. I think you got to frame it like if you want to aspire to be someone or you're going to compare yourself to someone, let's say like for me, Chris Williamson, if it's it's not fair to be like, I want to be like Chris Williamson if I don't take the prices associated with his lifestyle. You know, he doesn't, he might not have as much of a social life as me or get to play as much sport. So I think a lot of us are like, we want to be like these people. And then there's all these price tags that come along with their success. And we sort of underlook that because we just see like, we see the sort of, we see what the outcomes they have and we, th- we want those outcomes. But I think we want, we want the emotions associated with those outcomes and we think, oh, they've, you know, look at them, look at how content they are with themselves. Like we want that. But there's so many ways you can get to those emotions. And it's sort of like, I was listening to that in a podcast. It's like, cut out that middleman. Like you don't need to just think, what outcome can I achieve so that I'll feel this way? Like, look at the emotions and then find ways to get directly to the emotion. Cut out that middleman. I think a lot of us spend our lives thinking like, you know, that if then, like if I do this, then I'll feel that. But it's like, let's circumnavigate it and go straight to the emotions. Let's let's streamline this process a bit because it shouldn't, the emotions should be the way of living. Talking about authentic living, I think the reason it's so powerful is because you're directly targeting those emotions. You're not relying on some outcome. I love the price tag analogy because, like, Chris Williams is a great example, right? Like, he's gone all in on his podcast, right? He does, like, three-hour podcast. He does a few a week, and that's him. Like, that's his number one priority at the moment, bang. So he's like, all right, I'm going to invest in this studio. I'm going to invest in 4K HD, all this stuff, right? And he's probably got the best podcast set up as in, like, all the mics, audio, everything. But what's the price tag that comes along with that, right? That's what he's doing now. So he's got to sacrifice this, this, and this. So I think it comes back to what do you value? And there's going to be so many different price tags. And the higher thing you value is going to cost the most, right? So, you know, you can't get really good at something. Like for us, for example, like for me, switched on our podcast. Like it's slowly, very slowly growing because it's like, well, at the moment, it's not my number one priority. Right, my number one priority is my the the work and my job at Happiness Co. and facilitating at schools. Like that's my number one. Whereas, you know, for someone else, it might be their business. Like for you, that's your thing, right? So you're straight in on that. So it's like, all right, well, that's me. So I got to sacrifice this. Like, you know, for me, I sat not sacrifice, but I devalued my football. Mm. So I didn't really play this year, but my speaking and my facilitating went up. I got way busy and I got better. Because that's what I valued. So I think it's understanding that whatever you value is going to have a higher price tag. And if you can accept that, I think that's how you're going to get to where you want to get to instead of trying to, you know, dabble in so many departments and never really getting very good at one thing or having that value on that one thing. Yeah, I've sacrificed, like, a lot of time, capital, everything, like, relationships, friendships for the business because I knew that, like, that's what I wanted to do and this is what like was going to fulfill me 
and it's like you you do at times go through like the the head noise of being like why are you doing this like is this really the right path like you're giving up this you're giving up that like you may not have as much money you may not have a steady income you may not have security but like I have full confidence and belief that like this is my journey and this is my path and like back to what you were saying in terms of comparisons and having sort of people who or businesses or brands who you want to aspire to be like it's cool to have um take bits and pieces from people and cool to have role models and mentors and people you look up to and stuff but you got to remember that you're like on your own journey and although it may some people may look like they just went from zero to a hundred real quick or some people may have had a real slow grind and then they got a post or had a product or whatever it may be and that broke the wall for them but like each individual person each individual brand each individual business whatever it is you're aspiring to be they had so much sort of back-end things which got to got them to that point so it's hard to just be able to like grab an inspiration and be like i'm going to just mirror them because it's like you may think you're going to be able to and that you may think that that'll lead to successes in your head but like there's so much more in each person's journey which builds up to the point of like making them successful or making them um popular or making them like break through that um barrier so I think it's about pulling yourself back down to earth and like just better in yourself, like slowly just improving small things, keeping that like the same routines over and over again and just knowing what you want to do and trusting. If like if you know or if you're passionate about what you want to do and you know it's your thing, then just like sticking to that and just believing that your time will come and just being your own competition as well. Don't just like, you know what I mean? Don't get so caught up on other people's um, trajectories and all that because, like like I said, they're on different paths to you and just sort of believe that where you are is, like, the right place. I think it's getting curious, right? Yeah. Get curious, like, for what others are doing. That's what I've found is I used to, like, judge myself on where I was and where others were doing and what they were doing, like in terms of their life, what they've already achieved, how they've achieved it. But it's like, I swap that for, I'm going to get curious, like why do they do that? Why do they make this decision? Why are they doing this now? Why are they you know, pivoted and had to go this way? Like swap judgment for curiosity, yeah. right? And get and get really curious about things because like, man, like, I'm gonna, like my boss is, one of the like, unbelievable knowledge on on his topic and what we talk about, and I was like, I'm not as good as him. I can't speak as good as him. I'm not as smart as him. He's got so much knowledge in this area, and for, he's like been in this industry for another like seven or eight years, right? So I swapped that once I heard this that you know swap judgment for curiosity. And I was like, well, okay, when you started, Jules, what were you doing? How were you going about it? What was your direction? How much time and effort did you put in? What did you have to like take away? Um, you know, you just get curious about what he's been doing and how he's doing done it. And then, like I said earlier, you can put that into your life, right? But it's the same with so many different things. Like I try to get curious when I'm listening to podcasts, to books, to seeing people, to see what everyone else is doing. Like I get more curious about why people do what they do rather than judging what they're doing or judging what they think of me. Like, you know, if someone doesn't like what I'm wearing, I'm like, oh, I wonder why, like. What's the reason? Like, I'm really curious to see why you don't like it or why you don't vibe with these side of shorts. Like, 
you know, whatever it might be. So it's just getting really curious with mm. things because I used to like – it's the same with like, um, you know, posting content or whatever it might be, like designing things. Like, you know, in my head I was like, I'm not creative. I'm never going to be creative. I can't do this. But it's like, okay, you might think that. But for me, Tom, who's a, um, a good mate, he does all our content stuff like I was talking about earlier and has switched on and he – He's really creative. So I've been really curious, mate. How do you like, you know, why do you do this? How do you design this? What way do you go about it? Where do you get your inf- inspiration from, like your creativity from? And it's just like helped me with so many different things, like swapping that out and just being curious for whatever someone's saying, whatever someone's doing, rather than judging them straight off the bat. Because as humans, we're, it's like the world, man. We all, oh, <laughs> I haven't broke my voice. We all judge people, right? So it's like a constant thing. No matter if it's a good judgment or a bad judgment, we're constantly judging. Yeah. So, um, yeah, being curious, I think it's a big one. I think as well, like, people look at things and they just, or whatever it may be, like an, the whole term of like an overnight success, people can look at a brand that may go viral um, or they may look at a, an athlete who just all of a sudden got good over an off-season or a podcast that all of a sudden just blew up and can put it down to like an overnight success or luck or whatever it is. But those overnight successes are just a constant build-up of good practices or um, just constantly fine-tuning your skills sort of thing. And it's like like what you said, rather than just looking at a, a successful individual, successful brand, brand, business, whatever it is, athlete – and being like, oh, I wish I could do that. Find out what it took them to get to the position they're in. Find out their, you know, daily routines, their um, habits in posting schedules or whatever it is. Because just because they've all of a sudden become successful, it's not just out of luck. Like nine times out of ten, successful people or um, people who are on the pedestal of where you want to be had a constant build up of. Um, habits routines practices which got to got to them got them to that point of an overnight success or of a um a a growth if that makes sense i think that's the best way to use other people's success because you can look at what the work they did and like you said for you with your work you can look at what your boss is doing and then you can say all right he's told me like exactly what he did and then you can just do even more if you want if that's how you want to frame it i think for the podcast stuff for me I, I looked up really early days, like, how do people grow? Like, how do you grow on social media? How do you grow a podcast? So so, pe- so the things are like, you know, do one episode a week, post once a day. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to double that. So I'm going to do two podcasts a week now, and I'm going to post twice a day on, like, TikTok and stuff like that. So it's just like, if you know how to get somewhere, and pe- everyone's saying, this is what you've got to do, this is what you do, it's it's said for a reason. I think a lot of us try to reinvent the wheel a bit too much. Um, but it's just a lot of success stories come from just doing the same thing over and over again, repetition. I think a lot of us get bored because we don't have that patience. Don't see the results straight away. Exactly. We don't see the results. We go through that sort of like that lonely phase because we don't have the outcomes to justify what we're doing. So like, Harry, with your business, it's like you're not, a, you're not making millions from your business. So it's you could easily get in your own head and say – Look, I'm, I don't have these outcomes to justify, like, me taking all this risk. All this time. Yeah. Exactly. All these, you know, sacrifices that you make. But if you never 
try, you'll, you'll never know. Yeah. But you, th- you're not failing because you're still trying. And what is, we talk about success, but what is success? It's just a fucking, I think it's a word we make up to make sort of meaning out of our lives. Like, oh, we have this job, this thing. It's, it just makes us feel, makes it feel worthy. But I think we're the ones, we're, we're in this game, right? This life, you can call it a game, but we sort of make up the rules for ourselves. Like, it's, we're in this big world, but it's our own game and it's, we've sort of, there are some rules we have to adhere to. Um, but the metrics we live by are so controlled by us. And I think a lot of us don't realise that. We get told, like, job's important. The school you go to, everything's so important. But I think when you realise you actually control so much more in your life, and a lot does come to agency. Like, I heard that in um, the podcast I listened to with Williamson a lot. Just, like, people... I don't think people realise that. And it's hard to know that people don't realise that because, like, you only have your own thoughts. But, you know, there is a, f- a quote where it's like, you live two lives and the second one's when you realise you only have one. And I, I'm a big believer in that. I think in the last no- six, nine months, I started to really, truly realise that it's it's on me. No one else is going to do it. You can have as much support, love, and it can help you, but you're the only one. It is you at the end of the day. Yeah. It comes back to your choice. Like You're the one who makes the choices for your life. No one else makes the choice for you. So it's you making that choice and that shapes literally your life. Like, do I choose this or do I choose that? Do I choose that or do I go that way? Like, do I want to feel this or do I want to feel it like that? Oh, this has happened to me. Do I want to be negative or do I want to be, like, optimistic about it? Like, it's we're all playing our own game, but it's it's like... It is a game, eh? Yeah, literally. And it's like, yeah. are you the main character of your game or are you just playing, helping out on the level? Yeah. Like, it's really... Your choice. And I think it's, I love, there was like this thing I heard the other day that really like resonated with me. That's like, you know, you can either sit in the rafters and watch the game or you can go and be on the field. Yeah. Like, if it's up to you. If you don't accept that you're playing the game of life, you're just going to be left behind. Yeah. I read yeah. that in a book as well. And I think back to sort of what you were saying, I always bring back the whole um, term of like living to this. And it's like, when you're born, death is like the only certainty. Like you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know when you're going to die, how you're going to die, but like everyone's going to die. And when you accept the fact that mortality is a, is a certainty, then it's like, for example, if you were told right now that you're going to live, I mean, you're going to die in six months time, I guarantee your life would, the way you approach life would shift and you'd start doing all these things. Like I've always wanted to do this. Let's go do that. I've always wanted to skydive. Let's go jump out of a plane. I've always wanted to go to Brazil. Let's go to Brazil. You'd have all these things that you always wanted to do and you would just automatically do them. And there's a balance between that, like living like that always, and then obviously bringing it back and not being irrational because if you were told you're going to die in two weeks' time, you'd automatically do all these things. But I think you've got to start living like... No, like your life's not going to last forever. You got to start living like it's not going to last forever, and submit to that mortality, and start doing things that you like. Start doing things that you want to start, like you want to actually do, and you will look back and know that you want to do them, and sort of live with that mindset of right, I'm going to die. Like no one wants to talk about it, but it's true. I'm going to die. Let's just do this. Fucking let's go on this holiday, or let's do this, let's do that, because. It's a certainty. And uh, like I made a post about it yesterday about success. Like to me, 
success is just living the life how I want to live it. It's so I know for a fact that when I become successful from another person's outskirts, have make a lot of money, have a successful business, I know those things will happen. I've got full belief and like that's how I vision my life. And I know when I get there, it will be so easy to value what I'm doing as not successful. Although other people might see me as that and have me on a pedestal or like what we might view other people as they're successful. But in their head, they'll never be satisfied with their successes. When you have that mentality of like, I just want to be like that mentality of conquering, creating an empire, creating a business, conquering the world, bloody making a lot of money. It's always a what's next attitude. So to me, I want to measure my success on the fact that I'm doing what I want to be doing every day. I'm enjoying every day. I love what I do because I don't think any amounts of money, any amounts of business growth, any amounts of friends, whatever it is, no quantitative measure will ever satisfy an eager person of their own successes because it's always, you've done this, let's just do that. Like it's always what's next attitude. So pulling away completely from the quantitative measures of success and purely from like an internal standpoint of being able to completely live out my life and hold no regrets, like what I said at the start, hold no regrets, not live, look back on my month, year, week, life as a whole and be like, I wish I did that, is going to be how I measure myself upon success, whether it's as a year as a whole, whether it's as a life as a whole, but purely just understanding that life is coming to an end one day or one day or another like and just living it like it is coming to an end because if you're sitting in the same place for your whole life then you know what i mean you're not what like what are you doing here sort mm. of thing like live it properly play the fucking game that it is <laughs> and just accept that it is like a game have like fun with it and just enjoy yourself what that's that what's next yeah. attitude comes back to thinking that success is so external like he said, money, fame, cars, likes, all this stuff where if you, I guess, come back to, like you said, actually finding out what successful is to you, like internally, and not worrying about what everyone else like. It's like, oh, I've done this, but i I got a few pats on the back, but if I just stop here, then no one else is going to think I'm successful, so now i got to get this. Or if I get this car, then I'm, gonna, I'm driving around in a Tesla. Or everyone thinks Tesla is the opposite person successful. Like, you don't know what they're driving home to. They could be driving home to a caravan instead of caravan park because they spent all their money on a car. Yeah, and a million-dollar mortgage. Yeah, so you just, like, got no idea, right? So I love – and it's taken me a while to actually understand that my success comes from internal and everyone's definition of success is so different. But I think that's why people fear that judgment because they're like, oh, I'm not successful unless I have this, this, and this. So I've achieved that, so I've got to achieve that now. Otherwise, I was only successful for a little bit of my life. Like, you know what I mean? So um, I think that's where a lot of the fear comes back from that judgment is if I'm not doing this and I'm not successful, so this person's going to judge me for not achieving that. It's funny how you frame things so important because Harry talks about death and a lot of people are scared to talk about it, but you, you can look at it. I think people look at it two ways where they're like, you know, we're all going to die, so everything we do is meaningless or irrelevant and technically that's true but you can hold you can hold that you can flip that and then be like well that means i can do whatever i want and that should motivate me because it, uh, inherently nothing really matters then it's like that th that gives you so much power and control if you look at it that way and you're like fuck i can do whatever i want 
and in 200 years time exactly just yeah so I guess that's sort of how I frame sort of my life now is but I don't think about it though it's funny because we talk about like I think there's a bit of a stigma attached to thinking about death like it's, it has such a neg- negative connotations which which like yes but I think it's once you start heading in that direction you sort of you lose track of like why you live that so like we talk about being authentic yes I used death as an initial spark to be like fuck I want to live my way I want to live my way but I don't wake up every single day thinking fuck I'm going to die I need to live this day but sometimes you do come to big life decisions and you do I do remind myself like fuck it yeah so it's it's having that balance but then it's like some you know some people there is people do get go through existential crises and, and constantly thinking about death. I remember I went through a phase where I was fucking thinking about it 200 <laughs> times a day for like a week <laughs> or so. And yeah. like, and then, I don't know, maybe that was near the start of my whole big journey in this. I can't really remember, but it might have been. Um, so yeah, I think how you use death and how you use anything, how you use comparison, you know what I mean? Like how you define success. There's always... Nothing really means anything. It's it's how you look at it, and that's the that's why I love the mind meant the mindset thing. It's just how you frame things because how you think about something changes your actions, right? You know how you change your thoughts changes your actions, which then change your emotions, and then it just becomes that really really positive feedback loop. But it starts with your emo- with, sorry with your thoughts. So and if. And ignorance is bliss. Like I don't blame fucking some animals for not living an authentic life. They don't have fucking the human power that we have. We we, we get to we have metacognition. We get to think about our thoughts, right? We have this powerful capacity to control our lives and have this agency. We we don't have the excuse that other people have, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people you see living lives, you know, nine to five. I oh, have to do this. Have to do this. Feel bad because they 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 don't have that sense of control. It's but it's but it's now it's like I, I feel this sense of control. So there's no going back. But sometimes people need to be shown the light because I think a lot of it's easy for us to say like, like do it. But like for me, I know there's unique circumstances have really helped me have that sort of sense of control. And for other people, it might not be so easy. So it's like like we said, it's your own journey. That but there is a way forward, and anyone can do it. So, um, so yeah, I think before we move on from the whole death thing. Like I'm not trying to sound like a bloody psychopath or anything, but I can I think of it more than like a normal person would. Like I'm not scared of it, but it's like I I think of it in this way, and I go through phases. Like right now, for example, if I was to die in a week's time, I would be happy that I've done everything that I could and wanted to to this point in my life. And I think that's the thought that I think of it in. So if I go through like a what it, it, it I, I don't even it's not even a mindset when I start thinking about it. It's just like a random might be like I. Random Tuesday Alvo. And I've said it to my mates before. Like, I might be just hanging out with my mate and I'd just be like, if I like, if I was to die next week, like, I'd be fucking happy with everything that I've done. And I think it's like a, I say in, like, a positive way because I always want to feel like that. Like, I always want to feel up to this point in my life I've done everything that I've wanted to and needed to. Like, it's not in a psychopathic way or, like, a way, where, like, a depressed way or anything like that, but it's, like, it's sort of just reassuring myself that I'm satisfied 
with everything I'm doing and it's like sort of validating sort of the decisions I'm making and giving like a tag to them that it's like, yep, you're, you're doing the right things, you're on the right path and like you're doing all this for yourself sort of thing. Not, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's definitely like a, a grounding thing for me where it's like, yep, I'm, I'm all right, like I'm sweet sort of thing. And like I... I'm That's a bit of a pun, grounding. Yeah. yeah. You, you get buried. <laughs> Undergrounding, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a proud thing where I can be yeah. like, if I was to die next week, I'd be happy with everything that I've done. And I want to be able to say that every Sunday Arvo for the rest of my life sort of thing, which I don't think it's too... That's good. Yeah. I, th- I think with the com- uh, judgment thing, because that's sort of where we're leaning towards, I feel like for me, I feel at most judged by people when I'm not living up to the standard that I've created for myself because I'm not, I don't think I'm, I, I think we think we fear people's judgment, but I actually think we fear what we really think about ourselves. I'm so glad you went there. It's so true. Like when, when I think people get judged, it's like, are they living themselves? Is that what they're worried about? Like, um, because I was actually going to, I want to ask a question to you boys. Like what's the biggest fear of judgment you've had or you have now? Like, uh, like, like I just want straight off the bat. Like I don't want like a, you don't have to give me like a full definition. Oh, just I, like, I reckon for me, just the most prompt one is drinking alcohol. Cause like I got like, like, cause that's a common social situation I'm, I'm put in. Right? What you, you fear that people are judging you for not drinking. Yeah. And just like, I'm a buzzkill. Well, I'm the opposite when, when I'm in the phase where I'm not drinking alcohol. I feel, I feel like I'm getting judged when I do drink. Like I, I've had, I've had phases where I've gone a few months without drinking this year, and then it's like the times that I do like, and I've made it, I've voiced it to my friends that like, yeah, I'm not drinking. These are why. Like, this is like all the adventures, productivity, better mental space, better physical health, all the stuff that I feel like not drinking does to me. So then it's like when I do go out in the weekend, I feel like all my friends or my family judge me for drinking after just voicing all the reasons why I'm not drinking. Yeah. Like I, I feel like a legend when I'm not drinking. I'm, like I don't feel judged whatsoever. Like you walk in a room and you're not drinking, and you feel like, without sound like a dickhead, but you feel like more superior because it's like you do, you're better in yourself by not drinking, and you're gonna wake up tomorrow feeling sick, and you can still have a good night. Everyone had a good night, and the only opposite is that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning at five o'clock and do what I need to do, and you're gonna be hungover. So it's like the times when I know the the benefits of not drinking, I know what drinking does to me physically and mentally. So then times when I do drink, it's like, what are you doing? So so that's, I, I wasn't going to say that when you asked that question, that wasn't going to be my response, but off the back of what you said, that's like a, how I see drinking versus non-drinking. Yeah, well, the thing is though, if I drunk, uh, sorry, if I drank alcohol, then I would also fear the judgment for that exact reason. But then I also feared for not drinking. So it's the whole, we choose our regrets. I don't know if you've heard that in podcasts, but we get to choose what we're going to regret, more or less. So, so every, there's a, there's a, there's a cost and a, to everything, right? There's a price tag. There's the the price tag of drinking is you're not living up to your own internal standard. The price tag of not maybe drinking is you might not feel like you're fitting in. So there's there's and that's going to change individual to individual. But there's always something going for saying and going for saying. So you might as well do it for yourself. I love that the, the drinking thing. I love because yeah, like I said, do you drink? No, not at all. When was last time? Last time was the like when I got delisted. We had oh really? Yeah. So that uh, was what? 
That's two how years ago. Yeah, you know, yeah, roughly two years ago. I'm now. thinking about saying next year, not try not drink for the whole year. That's but and even luck, mate. I won't have a sip. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm the same. If I, if it's I, like if I, if someone's like, "Oh, try this," I'm like, "Well, yeah. no," because I, I don't. It's not. I'm but one sip is not gonna yeah. kill me. But it's like, no, I don't want yeah. to like it. And you get like someone has a sip, says, "Have a sip," and you go, "No." I mean, you should see people's reaction to your face. Eh? Like they're just like, "What? You don't even have a sip?" And I'm like, "No, nah, like, I just don't want to." But before that, it would have been, yeah. And then I, I would have probably had that was a big blowout, um, and it was one day. Um, you know, all the boys had a beer pong comp. It was the last day I've ever had a drink. Bef- even before that, mate, would have been. Yeah, I was now, I would have won. I don't know. Okay, okay, my mate, for, you did win your last one, eh? <laughs> but, like, before that, I, I couldn't remember the last time. So, like, it, it's nearly been probably once in three years, man, that I've. And, the, yeah, I've been sober free for. Sober free. <laughs> but you can't even call it because I've never really <laughs> drunk there. Like, it's just not a thing that um, I'd, I've really. Ever. I have, but yeah. I've never been like You've never been in like the the life swing of I've never liked it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, um, do you, do you feel, feel pressure like to drink? Of it, uh, are you going to say the same one? I was going to say something similar. Do you feel the pressure to drink like an AFL club? Like I felt that at like an amateur yeah. footy club, an AFL is like you know peak masculinity sort of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, it was the only way you build culture. Yeah, it's you build culture by drinking by getting pissed. It's like, well, no, you don't. Like, you know what I mean? So. Um, it's so true though, right? Yeah, like, I so, so I walked, like I walked in, and like, I didn't drink my whole years at Subi. I don't think I had a maybe had like maybe one, and like boys there sort of started to understand. And then I was like, the rookie day. How do you tell someone on a rookie day on an AFL club that I don't drink? Like I'm not drinking. Like I'm not drinking on rookie day when rookies get smashed and have to drink all this piss and they get picked on. But then you hear you are saying, "No, nah, I don't drink." It's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that because I want to get liked by the boys. I want that's how I built my respect, right? Is by drinking. So that's going beers, build yeah. culture with the boys. Yeah, so like that's what I I would go out like I did that day. I had a couple beers, but I made it like pretty well known. Like that I wasn't a big drinker, and then just was like, oh, I'll I'll have a couple of times. But yeah, like when the boys like I'll come out on a Saturday night and you're like, yeah, I'll come out. But you're drinking soda water with lime in it. Because I was worried that someone would think I'm not drinking, so a soda of water with lime looks like a vodka lime soda, right? So I just did ways around it, but you still worry that someone's judging you, like constantly. They're like boys are like, oh, we don't. And I copped it heaps, man. I copped it so much for not drinking. Um, probably feel what my question was when we both went to say the same question was: Did you feel like you drifted from um, groups? From that, or and like, did you feel like people intentionally excluded you? Not intentionally, I don't because think it's like we're having a party, but like you don't drink, so we're not going to invite you. Like, yeah, so it shit wasn't like that. Nah, the boys were actually not too bad. Like, not they didn't intentionally. I don't think they were like, um, well, they might have. I don't know, <laughs> but you wouldn't know you weren't invited. Yeah, it wasn't invited. <laughs> so there was there was probably heaps of nights where they all went nah. But my close mates that I hung out with understood it, right? Yeah. So like. Oscar, Jack, Jared, Rothy, Jakey, like they were my sort of boys I hung out with. And they'd still invite me to dinner. They'd still invite me to, um, you know, mate, it's a Saturday over. We're just going to have a few beers around the pool in off-season, in the pre-season, whatever. Do you want to come around? In-season, day before a game. Yeah, like, <laughs> so the game's on Sunday and the boys are around. Nah, <laughs> someone will pick that up and say something. But, nah, so like, you know, or 
yeah, we might go for dinner or um, do certain things, yeah, right? Yeah. You'd still get invited. Yeah. And like, it's because those boys understood, yeah, right, he doesn't drink, but, you know, he doesn't have to drink to have a good time. He can still, like, you know, catch up and stuff. So I think it comes back to surround yourself with those people. Yeah, but you got to, like, the worst thing is if you say you drink and then you say you don't drink, right, and then you have a drink a couple of times, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm not a drinker, but then you drink a little bit. It's like... It's hard for your own mind to be like, do I like to drink? Do I not like to drink? Do that's I want to drink? That's what I'm in right now. Yeah, you have to give, so you, hard, you have to give right? yourself the proof. Yeah. And every time I do drink... And it's confusing for yeah. others because they're like, do we invite him? Do we not invite him? Does he want to drink? Does he not want to drink? Every time I do drink, like this year, I've had a few nights with my mates and that, especially when I've been catching up with the interstate mates, like they've always just been such good nights. And it's like when you're in the mindset of not drinking, a lot of the time it's probably you drink and then you look back like, why the fuck did I do that? And a good thing that I've been in is like... The nights that I've had in the piss, I've just been like, "Fuck, that was fun!" Like, I'm glad I, yeah. I'm glad I did do it. It's but then I want to be in the mind. I want to be able to just not drink and have those sick nights where I'm doing dumb and fun shit as a 21 year old, but like not needing to drink. But so I guess that's not. I can say label like so for me, I've slowly come to label myself as a non-drinker. Yeah. Right, and I've got proof on that, and I can back that up. Yeah. Right, but. For someone else, if they're a, like a like a like say for you, if you said straight away, I'm a non-drinker, I'm a non-drinker, I'm a non-drinker, and then you go and have a night out, you're gonna wake up feeling like absolute crap, and yeah. you're gonna judge yourself. Everyone else That's is gonna what judge I do you all yeah. the time, and so like right? nights because you've labelled yourself yeah. as a non-drinker. Yeah, and then I like this is what this is like a general occurrence. I've all year I've been like, yeah, I don't drink, I'm not drinking, and then like I might agree to like getting on the piss with a mate or something. Let's say I agree to it on. I don't know Friday morning And then it's like Saturday evening comes around And it's meant to be Like an hour before I drink And then I'm sending out Text messages like Nah I'm not doing this Like I don't want to drink And then it's like I end up doing it And it's like the first drink Or second drink I'm like fuck What are you doing Just judging myself But then it's like Once you get pissed It's like That's when you Validate yourself And then it's the next morning You look back with head noise Like fuck What are you doing What are you doing But it's like I feel like drinking Allows you to like It validates Like a lot of dumb shit That you want to do Or like things you want to say or people you want to see and it just like it just gives you like a safety net to be able to do things which you won't do sober if that makes sense yeah like it might be i don't know message a chick or do some dumb shit with a 21 year old mate like as you do it that so age like it, it it gives you um the assurance that oh i did that but i was pissed so it doesn't matter that sort of thing yeah so that's like which i hate which is, yeah, I was going to say, because it's not you, right? Like, yeah. when you're pissed, is that, it's not really who you yeah. are, right? And that's what I don't like anymore. It's like, I hate the thought of, like, a liquid just completely overtaking my body and shifting mm. my entire mindset of the person I want to be and then the next day completely sucking everything good out of my Giving body. Giving away so control. Have yeah. you, you watched Big Bang Theory? TV show? We're talking yeah. about the TV show? Yeah. Some scientific documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's good, yeah. So you know who Raj is? Yeah. Yeah, so Raj can't talk to women unless he drinks. Yeah. Right? So is that, that's, like, I think it's a great example, right? Because it was on TV the other day, and it was, like, one of the early episodes, and it was, like, on in the background. My sister was watching it, and um, she was laughing. And she's like, oh, imagine if someone, like, couldn't actually talk to someone unless they had drinks. And it got me thinking, like, it actually happens all the time. But I'm like, she goes, and then because she was like, she's pretty switched on, man. And she was just like, well, that's not really who they are, though. Like, because he's a completely different guy, like this Raj, when he drinks to when he, and I'm like, it's so true. That's what anxiety is, eh? Where you wake up the next day and you're like, fuck, 
I said this to someone, I would never say that to them sober, or I did this, I would never do that sober. So I, that's like the thing that I think shifted away from what I, why I didn't want to drink as much. Obviously, I've been drinking a little bit this year, but hardly, because it's like, especially when I'm starting like a brand with such a positive mindset and such a, like the message I'm trying to send is so like positive where I'd hate to be going against things that I preach mm. when I'm drinking and I hate to be like, you know what I mean? I want to, I want to just be the person I am. Like I don't want to let like an alcohol, like completely make me say and do things. And I feel like I'm pretty good with that. And I know my limits now where I don't get over the top and even situations where I've like met people who follow the brand or know, like recognize my face from the brand when I've been out drinking and I feel like I'm when I've ever been in those situations, I've never been like too pissed to like make a fool of myself and go against what they would see me as. Like I've always just been like myself, which is a good thing. A, a good interesting point. So for me, it's like if I don't want to drink at a footy club, right? Like at North Beach, my sort of internal thoughts are like, well, like because I I want to say like to myself like I'm an athlete, like take care of my body. Um, I don't want to drink alcohol, but it's like I don't have those outcomes. Like I'm not high. I'm not a waffle player. I'm not an AFL player. Like I don't have that right. But then it's like it's clearly still it still happens. It probably even amplifies the higher you go. So it's 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 not a level specific problem. It's always going to be there. So there's no point in me being like. But I think when I did start to get those outcomes now, like being at a waffle club, it's like it sort of becomes it gives you that sort of evidence or the outcomes that justifies your decisions but i think that's what people struggle with and we've talked alluded to it. it's like a lot of we don't we're not patient we don't have outcomes and then those emotions we feel we just give in to the distractions and whatever sort of distractions they do for someone it's all different but i think that's what we really struggle with because we we aren't you know courageous enough courageous enough to still keep acting and living in a way in spite of those feelings like do it in even if you feel this way you know like even if you feel shit one day still get the work done even if if you feel really like fuck i'm getting judged tonight like you know i've had some of those nights like, fuck, i'm getting really judged but like it's still doing what you would do even on, if you felt on a good night because that's when you grow the most when you put in the action when you're that resistance is at its highest when you're like, when that, that craving in your voice, like, fuck, I just want to give it, I just want to do this. That's when you actually grow the most as a person. It's not when, it's like the whole like, let's see who you really are when you're tired. It's the same thing for like your mental health and your mindset. Let's see who you really are when you've got all this fucking internal pressure. That is when you start to really grow, is when you f start making good decisions under those conditions. Yeah, I think it's, another thing off the back of that is you really grow when no one's watching. What are you doing when no one's watching? I got that quote from Taj's dad. Yeah, he told me that my first year at Sue. He goes, what are you doing when no one's watching? That's who you truly are, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, are you the bloke that when no one's watching, are you actually doing the work that you need to do? Like, are you putting in the work to get fit? Are you eating right? Or are you putting in the hours behind the computer editing? Like, are you actually doing the work? Or are you just putting up a um, all those things that you put your phone on and video it? Tripod. tripod are you just putting up a tripod recording it and like oh i do journaling yeah. and i do this and i do this but yeah i need journal for five seconds just to get a clip 
Yeah, you're only cheating yourself. Yeah, yeah. What are you really doing what you want to do? And I think for me, when I'm going against that, that's when I feel like my biggest judgment comes in and that's because it's from myself. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I'm saying I'm doing these things, but I'm actually not lately. Yeah. And that's where I start to judge myself because I'm not saying I'm being who I really yeah. am. Yeah, with judgment, I feel like, I've, I think many negative spoken about it before, but it come, it's literally just like a, <laughs> the biggest head noise. Like whenever you ever like, I mean, definitely have, but like it's not a frequent occurrence where you're sitting at like a gym or you're sitting at a cafe or whatever it is and you're looking at someone and be like, look at them, like look at the way they're walking or look at what they're wearing or look at that pimple on their face. It's always just like in your own head, you're like, fuck, I bet he's looking at the way I am in the gym or I bet he's looking at my pimple or I bet they're looking at like this. Mm. And it's like you're at a cafe and you think that everyone's judging you, but really probably 90% at the cafe are thinking that, Everyone else is judging them, and it's just everyone, if there was like a like a uh, an AI where you can just project a picture above people's heads of what they're thinking, it's probably just everyone just sitting there, just like fuck. I wonder what they're thinking of me. Big what spotlight on yeah. themselves, yeah. <laughs> and it's like le- le- legit. Ju- all that judgment is is just like judging yourself or overthinking a thought in your own head. Like it real, like you really over exaggerate what you think people are thinking of you. And also, in my sense as well, I don't really care what someone who I don't know thinks of me or I don't really care what someone who is constantly negative thinks of me and leaving comments on a social media post. As long as like my core knit of people sort of understand what I'm doing and respect what I'm doing and I'm not going against what my values to them are, then that's all that matters. And I know that like, people close to me would tell me if I'm doing something out of pocket or if I'm doing something out of line or if my clo- my outfit looks shit for the night or something like that. Like I know I have close enough people to me who would judge me or tell me if something's out of line. Whereas, so then when I'm in like a public situation or putting myself out on social media with the brand or whatever it is, that no opinion really does matter because it's gone through not only my, my own checks and approval, but like my core group of mates and family and friend, whatever it is, would pull me up on it straight away. And I think that's important just to not, you know what I mean? As long as you're happy with yourself and as long as like you have sort of like a a check of a close friend or family, then the other opinions really are irrelevant. Yeah, I think. You got some hate comments on your TikTok. How do you... Oh, I get that a fair bit, but... I, I I only read that stuff because I'm I, I like to engage with the positive stuff, but you obviously see the negative stuff. Do you, do you generally think that like, so if you get, let's say you have a post and you got four or five hate comments, like it's easier to say you don't care. But do you generally think it does affect you? No, not anymore. It did before. Now I don't give a fuck because what are they really doing? <laughs> it's it sometimes it's I I think I used to overcomplicate it and try and overanalyze it. Yeah, and and, and you you probably could especially coming from a psychology background, you could easily like, but it's sometimes it's simple as that. Like for me, it's just like, it's just having that continual mindset. Like, I don't care. I know. And the whole like fake to you make it like, I actually yeah, don't cool. really care. But like before I did, but it's like, you have to keep saying for like, you don't care. Like they're not important. You keep saying yeah. over and over. And then eventually it actually does Believe become it, a, yeah. a way of living. Like I actually genuinely don't care. Like I posted that stuff because like I wanted to show to people that it's not all fucking, you don't just get love, but I'm still doing what I do with the hate. Like what's stopping you from doing what you want to do? You're always going to get hate. And I think 
it's that constant i don't know that pull like pull and push with life like like saying you have a good day like it's really easy then you have a day that brings you back to reality like same with like you know posts i do you some posts everyone's like loving it and then there's like that you know, it's it's life but if you if you're still fucking there fucking tussling around competing you're in the game that's all you can really hold yourself to and it's such a cliche but they're cliches for a reason because they're good and they work and they're true but no one below you i mean no one above you is going to judge you for what you're doing it's always people below you like i've never once in my head gone through a, like scrolling through tiktok or instagram and saw a post that didn't resonate with me or i didn't like and i've never once been like fuck it i'm going to comment on this post and i'm going to tell this guy that i don't like it like to get to that mindset where you feel like you have to comment on someone's post to tell them how shit they're doing like you got to be i feel bad for them like i actually feel bad for people who are in that mindset where they feel like they have to let their internal insecurities out on someone else's instagram post purely to bring try and bring them down like what mindset do you have to be in to want to hate on a random dude's tiktok instagram who generally means well it's different if they're posting something that is causing harm to other people again i probably wouldn't comment just because it's i'm not getting anything out of it but if the post is causing harm or it's real controversial or it's going against your political or religious beliefs then i understand why you might comment and start a feud in the comment section but if you can see that someone generally means well they're grinding for themselves they're doing something good and you have to in yourself scroll past it stop listen to the whole thing and comment something negative like fuck you must be everything's time yeah. everything's time bound though so like i keep getting these <coughs> i get heaps of comments like oh we should start a tick uh a podcast like taking the piss like starting a podcast but i was getting that at episode 14 15 right like i still get it occasionally and now we're at whatever 30 can't even know 38 or something and you know in episode fucking 100 it, it might have more i'll probably get yeah. yeah it's it's good it might have more outcomes though and i think it's like no one comments on everyone it, there's always going to be hate but i think what happens is like what sort of hate so like someone like chris williamson he doesn't get hate like oh Mate, we should start a podcast. Right, start the podcast. But yeah. he still gets hate, right? Yeah. But he doesn't get... <laughs> so you're always going to... I think we get obsessed with the specific nature of it, but it's the gist of it. We're always going to cop hate. We're always There's always going to be... So it's just learning to deal with that. I think we get too caught up in life with the specifics. But I think that shit will fuel me, eh? I've had... Touch wood, or not really touch wood because I don't care, but to this point I haven't gotten any, like, hate messages or comments really. But I remember... I. I I told like my friends when I first started the business, like they would ask me like, how are you feeling and all that? And like asking about scared of hate. I remember I used to say like, I can't wait to get hate comments. Like that shit would just like, it would just rev me up. Like I'd just be looking at this dude, just be like, come on, like really? Like use a 92476, like <laughs> what, well, what's wrong that's dude? A, that's the other point I had. Like all these people who comment, it's 95% is from like a, like a f- account. You can't even yeah. see their face. I think Twitter, I, I read somewhere, they're making it so you have to I- upload ID, yeah. like check your se- your account. So all these people, they're gonna Twitter's the most rogue platform of all time because oh, there's, no, f- there's no filter on there. But now all of a sudden, when you've got your ID attached and like you actually have a a name and an ad- identification to your account, you probably see pretty quickly like you drop off. Yeah, like Twitter's fucking rogue. Yeah, it's just that anonymous thing. Like yeah. people, they wouldn't. All those people commenting that if they knew what I did, all this stuff, they wouldn't come straight to your face. But it's just like they see one video out of context and they want to comment because it makes them feel... I feel like it's... Pe- so a lot of the time it's people's like desperate attempt to find like meaning or purpose. 
and it's that desperate attempt for a bit of validation like putting a hate comment and then you get like 15 people like it like people in those mindsets where like i said we're leaving hate comments they're pretty like stripped of any sort of pleasures i'd imagine so when i put a hate comment and they get like 24 likes that'd be like fuck yeah 24 <laughs> people agree like, like probably tell their saying. parents around the street, like, yeah, yeah 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 tell their parents and yeah. they probably screenshot and send it to their group chat like fucking 24 likes in my comment boys like yeah. yeah what a sad way to live I feel, I, like you said i just feel bad bad for those people but yeah. that's what jake paul always says oh whenever i listen to him speak about hate and stuff he's always just like i just feel bad for them and it's so funny hearing like such a again successful person just like generally act like he's got remorse for these hate comments when like, that guy's just a dog like really just <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, that's all we got. Yeah, I reckon. All right, well, thanks for listening to whatever episode this is. I need to get a bit more organised. Once I get to the studio, which I'll show you guys, it'll um, things will be a bit more smoother. But thanks for coming in again. Thanks for having us. It was good fun. Yes, sir. As always. Yeah. Well, see you lads in the next one. I next, we just the one thing like the only thing that doesn't make it. I mean, makes it feel like a podcast and not just a chat. Just holding this thing. So we're good when. Once we, once we get those mics in front of you, then you don't have to, you're just sitting there and just talking. Boom arms, that'll be good. That'll be good. In in good time, Harry. Be patient. (laughs) (laughs) So judging, bro. (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.